Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are across the globe. Welcome to Where Are They Now with yours truly, Esther Austin. Well, today with me, I've got another amazing artist. I would say a world-renowned artist. And you'll find out who this person is in just a minute. But this gentleman was part of the Isley Brothers, and he's a rock and roll Hall of Fame in so if you haven't guessed who this is by now, this gentleman is Chris Jasper. Welcome, Chris. Hi. Glad Hi. to be on, on the show with you. Thank you very, very much. Right, Chris, I always ask my guests in a nutshell, in a coconut shell, or even in a nutmeg shell, who is Chris Jasper? Well, as you just alluded to, I'm a, a recording artist. I've recorded for a long time. Uh, basically, I consider myself a composer first mm -hmm. because that's what I studied the longest. I started studying composition from like age seven and I've been writing songs and, you know, and performing them too. So I guess, first of all, a composer, songwriter, recording artist, singer, producer, kind of all of those things. And you said you started from the age of seven. Who were the influences or what inspired you? Or was just, just this something that was just innate within you from such a young age? Yeah, well, the first music and musicians that I heard were my mother, number one. She played piano. And my uncle was a concert violinist in Cincinnati uh, Symphony Orchestra. So those are the first people I heard playing music. And the way I got started was that I was inspired by that. I wanted to play piano. And I used to try to play songs I heard on the radio. You know, songs mm -hmm. like uh, Sam Cooke and Ray Charles and Marvin Gaye. I used to try to play the chords, you know, and fill them out. And um, my mother uh, saw me doing that, and she said, hey, Chris, you have talent. You know, you should learn how to read music and study music. And so she hooked me up with a piano teacher, and he was a professor at the Cincinnati Conservatory. He went to our church. And so he hooked, hooked me up with him, Professor Gibbs, and I started to study with him. And, you know, he would take me through the pieces and, you know, help me analyze them and uh, taught me a lot about, you know, the nuts and bolts of composition. And so from an early age, I was on that roll to songwriting and composing. And, you know, you play several instruments as well, don't you, Chris? Yeah. In addition to piano, you know, I, I picked up guitar along the way, also bass and drums, too. Mm. And out of, out of all the instruments that you play, which is your favorite? I guess my favorite would be piano and, you know, keyboards. I get the most of my music from keyboards when I record a record. There's times when, you know, I do play percussion or I'll play bass part or guitar part, just like I did with the Icy Brothers. Mostly I get my sound uh, from different keyboard sounds. Okay. And Chris, what was it like? I mean, we're going to go back a little bit in time you know what was it like being part of the Isley Brothers I mean what did that experience do to you as a person but also being part of such an established group me and Ernie and Marvin we're the younger uh, members of the Isley Brothers so the six-member group we came in right after the Motown uh, experience that when they went to Motown and recorded this so hard of mine the older brothers did that and we came in right after that and um, it was a great thing to be able to record and write and have your music, you know, published too. That was the big difference in, say, like what we were doing before, because we had a trio called the Jasmine Trio. We played in local areas in New Jersey, you know, churches, uh, 
high schools. I played piano, Marvin played bass, and Ernie played drums. We hadn't recorded a record yet, you know, but we were doing some gigs here and there, whatever we could find. But it was a different experience being able to, you know, go into the studio and record something and have it come out. You know, that was the big difference. And it taught me a lot. You know, I learned a lot, you know, doing those sessions back in the day. Uh, learned me a, a lot about, you know, construction, how, how the tracks were constructed, you know, even a lot about studio setup, the things behind the music. You know what I mean? I learned so much about what went on behind the music before it came out. And um, that helped me with, you know, later productions that I was involved in. And, you know, how did this, I would say, transitioning affect you as an individual, you know, the, the person behind the artist? Since I was so rooted in composition mm-hmm. and in that, you know, classical music, that's what I studied. And R&B was something I, I, I always played. You know, I always played R&B, like I said, uh, even the jazz material, we did jazz and R&B. So I always had this kind of a, a, a dual prong thing going on. I, I would go to college, write classical music. I would come out, you know, go into the studio, uh-huh. record an art song, you know. <laughs> I was always doing music, and I did both at the same time for uh, about four or five years. And so I was always interested in how the music would come out, and um, that was my focus. Oh, did, did I do a good enough job, you know, on, on my part? Did we do a good enough job as far as the, the whole package, you know? Did, was the mix correct? Mm. I always concentrated on the music. What's the best thing for the music? Did I really do my best? Or did we all do our best? And so um, as long as that was good, I was happy, you know? <laughs> I was happy when the music came out good, I, I felt good. And so uh, that's how it affected me. If the music was good, I was uh, positive. If, if it didn't, you know, I didn't feel so good, you know. <laughs> bit of a bear with a sore head. <laughs> so would you say you're a bit of a perfectionist, Chris? In a good I, way. I think a... I am a reasonable perfectionist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. some people are not reasonable in, you know, in their attempt to be perfect at something. Yes. I'm a reasonable perfectionist. And that is, I let the music dictate when I'm done when I'm finished, because the music will always tell you if you're listening. There's this invisible line. You can Uh kind of go over it sometimes, and that's what I call an overproduction, when people do too much. And you've got to know where that line is uh, when it comes to improvs, when it comes to, you know, even orchestration sometimes. You've got to know where that line is. I think I'm reasonable about that. You know, I'll try to be anyway. Okay, okay. I believe you, Chris. I believe you. (laughs) And Chris, you know, during the, the 70s and the 80s, you were obviously an integral part of the Isley Brothers. What was it like being part of a group of, I would say, influential, inspirational, almost driven band of young men? You know, what was it that drove you and what was it like being part of a group? Well, being part of a group, I mean, you, you do have the people that contribute the most and then you have... Mm-hmm those who maybe give their opinions mostly. And then you have, you know, the older brothers, basically, particularly Ronald, sang the the bulk of the music. You always had other people's opinion. You listen, and, and that's I think that's the big difference between a group and a solo artist. As a solo artist now, I don't, you know, I don't have all those opinions. I just rely on what I know and what I think is best. And so I think that's the big difference. But back then, it was... It was a family thing, and I and these are people I knew all my life, so it was kind of a, a natural thing to get into the studio with them. However, you know, you start to learn 
as you go along, you know, different personalities. And you, you learn a lot by working with people. And mm-hmm. um, it, it was a learning experience, I have to say that. Now I'm very comfortable with working as a solo artist because I've taken all, all the things I've learned in my studies. I've taken my experiences. And with those two things combined, I, I can work on a project virtually by myself with an engineer in the studio. Uh, that's how I do my music now. And I get my feedback from my son and my wife. I, I take their opinions now. <laughs> well, it's interesting because what's really nice is that when I'm listening to you talk, you're always talking about feedback and learning, which is a real sort of adult way to be in a way. And then you talk about having feedback from your son and your wife. And, you know, for anyone in any sort of business, if you want to grow or expand or better yourself, it's about, you know, learning to take constructive criticism. There is destructive criticism as well, but constructive criticism. And you sound like a very strong person within yourself as well. And so it's just nice to hear that all the experiences and whatever you've been through, you just put that into this pop puree to empower you or enable you to move forward as a solo artist, which is actually fantastic. And Chris, I mean, this is a real sort of sweeping, generalized question, but you guys produce so many amazing songs over the years. Now, could you give me three of the best tracks that you produced when you were with the Isley Brothers? I mean, a particular favourite of mine is Between the Sheets, For the Love of You. You know that the old Stowards, Here We Go Again. But for you personally, what were your favourite three? Now, if you yeah, can narrow that that's down. That's kind of hard. Um, maybe, maybe I could do it like per album because I think Peter's on album that had For the Love of You on there and Fight the Power. That's definitely one of the favourite. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Between the Sheets album, I think, was too. That had a, a nice collection of songs on there and Between the Sheets in particular. And then um, I think the other one would be between the 3 Plus 3 album and the Live It Up album. And the reason I say that is because that was the beginning of a turning point for all of us. The public noticed that, okay, there were three other people involved with the Isley Brothers, and we we appeared on the cover. But also the sound changed dramatically. Uh, And that was because of the things personally I brought to the, the group, you know, as far as the harmonies and, and the different chord structures and things that really changed the sound of the music. And uh, of course, you know, Ernie adding the other, you know, rock element with, with the guitar. So um, I think those two things dramatically changed what the Izzy Brothers sounded like before, even though Ernie had played some solos on some previous songs uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, before three plus three, that kind of rock element was being introduced before 3 Plus 3. But 3 Plus 3 had another thing that was different, and that was like, it was just basically the three of us making the music, and a lot of it was, uh, you know, keyboard dominant. And, you know, as opposed to a band, you know, because the, the other sound had, you know, a band with horns, and just a whole different construction as far as the uh, chords were concerned. I brought a lot of the classical elements and things into my chords, which changed the total sound of the group. And that's why 3 Plus 3 and Live It Up album, that started that change, you know, in the sound, and it, which continued until, you know, through Between the Sheets. 
your songs have always been very romantic about love, about unity, about togetherness in a very sort of oochie smoochy way. That's my, my word, oochie smoochy. Where did the inspiration come for this sort of type of music? I, I mean, I know at this at that period of time, a lot of the songs that were coming out by many bands were around love and tenderness and things like that. But for yourselves, what was the inspiration or where did you draw your inspiration from? Uh, well, a lot was drawn from mere observation uh, as far as lyrics were concerned. You know, because sometimes, you know, I'd see a film or, I'd, you know, hear about something that was going on in a person's, you know, life and just observing people, what, what they were going through, what, you know, what circumstances they had and, you know, things like that. Um, and then sometimes it was from personal emotion, a, a personal uh, experience. But the music a lot of times gave me a direction for the lyrics, the, uh, the music and the melody. Mm. Uh, that happens quite a bit, that the tone and the, the ambiance of the music will say, wow, this could be a really intimate subject matter here. And so you can start building from there, from just how the music sounds. Because I've noticed over the years that people react to the sound of the music first. That's the first thing they react to. Yes, yes, they do. Um, they won't even know the lyrics sometimes. They'll just say, hey, oh, there's my song, you know, when it first comes on. And it has this, you know, this beautiful texture and everything. And that's the first thing they react to. And that's, that's the first thing I tried to create was what does it sound like when it first comes on, the first few seconds? And, you know, a song like, even like a cover like Hello, It's Me, you know, what does it sound like from the initial chords? And and then build from there. You know, that was a cover, but a, a lot of the uh, original songs, you know, I dealt with the same way, is that the sound first and then develop something that goes along with it. You know what I mean? De develop a lyric that goes along with it and complements it. And um, sometimes that was the approach. I got ideas from a lot of different, you know, like if you if you go to um, this YouTube video that I did for Sony uh, Legacy, it's called, an it's called An Afternoon with Chris Jasper. Uh -huh. And I explain some of the ways that I came up with different lyrics. And <laughs> one of them was uh, Let Me Down Easy, which was a very romantic song. But I didn't come up with the lyrics <laughs> that way or the title of the song that way. You know, the, the title of the song I came up with because we had a rough a plane airplane ride the, the, the week before we were going into Detroit to do a gig. And as we were landing, yes. you know, they said, buckle your seatbelts. And I buckled my seatbelt. And then I said, okay, let me down easy. You know, that's, that's what I said. And I said, wait a second, that sounds like a good idea for the song. So I wrote down, the, you know, I had a notepad. I wrote down the lyric, that title, and I said, all right, I'll come back to that. That sounds like a good idea. So I kind of built the song around that title, but the title didn't come from a romantic situation. You know, songs can come from a lot of different things. If you're observant enough, sometimes you can pick up an idea from a very unlikely situ situation. Uh, and that's, that's what I've always watched people. I've always watched things, you know. What's going on? What's the real story behind yeah. this thing? You know, what what is the person thinking about? You know, I would I would yes. really analyze things. And I and I think um I think I still do. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, songs can come from that kind of, you know, just just analyzing what you're observing, just being very, very astute at mm-hmm. what you're observing, you know. And uh, that's that's where some of the song song uh, ideas came from. Okay, well, I'm going to. There's two questions I want to ask you because this next one sort of runs on from what you've just shared. You've got your your latest CD is called Share with Me, and you've got two remixes. Now, I really, really, I mean, I love both of them, but the one that's really touched me and that I've played played on Rewind, Rewind, Rewind was that's what love can do. And so you've just shared about how you know you've come up with titles and come up with songs. What is the story about behind that's well, what love you know, can do, Chris? I, I again observing you know what's going on in in society basically love has kind of taken a back seat and um i i said okay i need to tell people you know the real story behind love you know what it can do for your life how it can improve your life how can how it can enrich your life and um that's where that lyric came from you know because i wanted to i wanted to you know tell the different good things about love and how it lifts you up sometimes when you're down and it's just such a positive thing to have in your life. And in the bridge, you know, I, I talk about how, you know, we all do yearn for that, though. Even though people, oh, they might say, oh, well, what's love got to do with it? Or they, they'll, they'll say all kinds of things, but secretly, <laughs> Tita, you know, yes. everybody yeah. wants to be loved in that true, spiritual, physical, everything, totally. Everybody is looking for that kind of love. And that's the kind of love I'm talking about in that song. And it's interesting because as you're talking, I was I, you've just answered what I was going to ask you, but you were talking about the types of love because there's different types of love. There's the type of love between your, yourself and a significant other. There's also the love mm-hmm. of yourself. And this therefore leads on to your faith as well, Chris, because I was listening to an interview that you gave some a couple of years ago. And you mentioned about your newfound faith then and, and how that changed your life and your perception of life. So can you just share a little bit more about your spiritual walk, Chris? It's been, it's been some time ago now. Actually, when, when I wrote the song Caravan of Love, that was sort of a beginning of an awakening for me. Not that I didn't believe in God before, because I did. Um, I started to learn more. I started to, my understanding started to uh, increase. And so Caravan is based on scripture too, Caravan of Love. And every album after that, I tried to put at least one song of inspiration on there because it's reflecting my spiritual awakening, you know, my connection with God. And that's who I am as an individual. I try to write my lyrics for a long, long time from that perspective. Uh, How can you be a Christian and live in the world? And I try to have my lyrics reflect that. Love, like I said, love being a complete type of love, not just a a sexual attraction or infatuation or something like that, Mm -hmm. but a complete love. That's the kind of love that God wants us to have for one another. So what I write is the truth about me. (laughs) You know, that's, that's where I am. I'm a person who follows the teachings of Christ as best I can. And I'll always say so and encourage others to, because like he says, you'll live a better life. It's really, really a good life. I mean, what I was doing before, I I don't know what I was doing before uh, I came to the awakening because everything is so much better. Standing Mm. who you are in the universe, understanding, you know, God is present. He's always here, his power and it really humbles you to understand God. And so 
that's basically who I am. I'm a follower of Christ. And I, and I guess as an artist, Chris, that must be incredibly um, not only humbling, but giving you strength to deal with things that you have to do in the industry, if I, if I may put it that way. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, it makes a lot of sense, yeah. And how you remain grounded. You put things in their proper perspective. And uh, once you do that, nothing can really bother you mm. that much. You know, and some people agonize and they stress over things that really, when you look at the totality of, 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 of the situation and where you are in the world and how the world is, how the world is, you can say, okay, this is, this is really not that big of a deal. <laughs> you know, I can deal with this. And um, well, others would might stress out over it you know, because of a lack of understanding. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's a big thing that a lot of people wrestle with is they, they wrestle with problems that if they really understood how big the problem mm-hmm. really was, they wouldn't stress it. That understanding gives you a certain amount of peace, peace of mind. You cannot, you can't pay for that. You know, that's the value. I can't even say the value of it because it helps you with everything. Like I said, I'm a follower of Christ, number one. And my music is very important to me, but not as important as that. Some of the artists that you've worked with, who has been really sort of inspirational to you or who have you really enjoyed working with over the years? Because you've worked with loads of artists, but are there sort of a few that come to mind who've really made an impact on you? Well, I know that as far as inspiration is concerned, uh, you know, Motown was a big inspiration. So was Marvin Gaye. Wow. Sly. Wow. <laughs> you know, Stevie Wonder, big influences, you know, on me, Sam Cooke. But then there was like this group called the Brothers Johnson. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> I remember them. Lewis Johnson. And uh, we toured with them for a year. And that, that was very inspirational to see, in particular, Lewis's degree of musicianship and ability. That was an inspiration in every, every show. You know, we toured with Teddy Pendergrass. We toured with the Gap Band, you know, Charlie Wilson and the Gap Band. Just about every act that had a record out. We didn't tour with Earth, Wind & Fire back in the day, though, but they were they were inspired, right, too. Right, okay. Um, yeah, the, the, they did a lot of great music. Um, but, you know, um, the, the, oh, yeah, Graham Central Station, Larry mm-hmm. Graham. Uh, we toured with them. And, um, of course, Larry, you know, he was, he, he was a great musician, you know, with Sly and Family Stone. Um, but, you know, there, there was a lot of people that inspired me. But the most thing that, like I said, I have a, com- a composition background. And the things that inspired me the most were the, the songs, mm-hmm. the beautiful songs, the, the great songs that, that came out, you know. And they and at one time they would come there was a new great song coming out every week, you know, from somebody. Yes. Because that's how that's how um rich the uh the creative uh, thing was back then in the seventies and, and the eighties even. Uh and sixties. Uh there was always somebody coming out with a great song. And I think the mute that you know, the song even back rack, you know, that kind of stuff inspired me the most because that's what that's what i am and you know uh first is a yes. composer so the compositions you know a song like ain't no mountain high enough when i heard it i was like wow that is a great uh-huh. song you know um 
And so, the, you know, the songs were the things that really inspired me even more than the artist. Yes. Yeah. And and like you said, the compositions, because what what's coming to me around that is the music back in the day, I feel I'm very much old school, Chris, but, you know, they, they, ha- they had messages to them. They, they symbolized something. Mm-hmm. They galvanized. They incited. They embraced. They inspired. They influenced. And I feel for me, that's what a lot of music represented as well. Yeah, great moves, great vibes, but also it was the message, the message from these tracks. And you've also got another track out called I Love You, which is, I feel, very similar, very similar sentiments to your music as a whole. You know, that whole thing about love and the, the pureness mm-hmm. of love. And what's really nice as well is that your faith, you can you can hear that your faith sort of weaves its thread into everything that you create and deliver. What I would say as an artist, you know, you're, you're living in your truth. You know, what you see is what you get on the packet or on the, on the label, so to speak. And mm-hmm. so in terms of where you've come from and what you've done, your son also is um, in the, you know, in the music business as well, Chris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he actually helps me, um, you know, with the rhythm tracks on my songs, you know, when I record. He's kind of my technical guy, you know. He's got a great feel for that, for rhythm. And, you know, his music is very rhythmic, you know, that he's working on. On every track, I'll say, hey, Mike, what do you feel on here? Do you feel some rhythms that add something, you know? And in the majority of time, he will. It's done a lot for my rhythm tracks, you know what I mean? It, it gives another little pickup, another little spice to something that I had that was basic, I really work with him a lot, you know, and, you know, like I said, I bounce things off of him. What do you think about that? You know, what do you think about this? You know, my wife, too. I do the same thing with her, you know. Matter of fact, it was her idea for me to do the two covers I did on um, on the Share With Me album. I'm glad I did them <laughs> because they were they turned out really, really nice and kind of gave me that opportunity to, to do what I did with the Icy Brothers, you know, when, when it arranged Hello, It's Me and Summer Breeze, to take a song and do something different with it, but different in a good way. I enjoy doing it. It's a cha- I take that as a challenge because those songs were great songs. You know, How Great Thou Art and um, You Are So Beautiful. I mean, people know those songs. They've, they've been played a lot. And so um, it's a challenge to do another version of a, of a popular song. So I was glad she suggested it, you know. <laughs> like they said, behind every great man, there's an even greater woman. <laughs> well, that's I guess there's a lot of truth to that, right? <laughs> Chris, what advice can you give to anyone who's got a vision, who's got a dream, and they are umming and ahhing about it? You know, what, in terms of your experience, in terms of your journey with the Isley Brothers, in terms of your own solo journey, what piece of advice can you give to someone to just say, keep going, get out there, do what you love, do what you're passionate about? Keep at it. But as you're keeping at it, always try to learn something different. You know, keep learning, keep studying. You know, some people, they might not be as good as they could because they stopped studying. They stopped learning. Mm -hmm. Maybe they got frustrated. But I cannot tell you the value of research. Yes. And I don't care what field it is that you're going. Preparation, research, study. I can got my doctorates in law, my Jewish doctorate. You know, learning will never hurt you. It will only help you. And to just keep learning, to keep studying, keep learning as you're trying to fulfill whatever dream or destiny you have. Never stop learning because 
the more prepared you are, the better you're going to, you know, probably uh, produce product if, you, if you're in the entertainment business in particular. Mm. The more you know, the more you can draw on. Yes. You know, um, uh, and, and that's what I felt a lot of the, the, the rangers and musicians back in the day had. They had a lot to draw. Definitely. A lot of them were classical musicians. A lot of them were jazz musicians. You know, the Funk Brothers, you know, from Motown. Mm -hmm. They were jazz musicians. They were very deep musicians. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They could draw on a lot of things when the person came to them with an idea. Yeah. You know, the, the pianists and the guitar players and the drummers and, the, and forget about the bass player. <laughs> you know, he was probably the best in the world. Yes. You know, James Jameson. And so... They had so much to draw from, and that comes from experience and learning. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that a lot of people may not mention when you know they talk about. Well, you know, you know, pursue your destiny. You know, you know, uh, uh, keep at it. Well, keep at it with what? Yes. <laughs> you know, what I mean? keep at it with knowledge, yeah. knowledge, background, research. You know, practice, rehearsal. Yes. You know, all those things, the, the behind-the-scenes things that um you know you can do to, to to sharpen your skills and and your craft you mm. know never never neglect those brilliant thank you and there's one other question that's just come to me where do you go what is other than your faith chris what do you do to relax what do you do to just go Usah? well i'm a big sports fan so you know i i, I watch sports you know mm -hmm. uh when i get a little free time um and just doing things for my family mm. you know Whatever that is, you know, it could be going to dinner, you know, to the movies, you know, regular stuff, you know. Um, but my work is so enjoyable yes. that I do that a lot. Yes. <laughs> you know? yes. I have fun, you know, working and, and recording. Yeah. And, you know, where somebody else might, eh, I want to do something else. But I, I love recording. I love making new music. Mm. And um, I, I, like I said, I was from an early age, I was kind of a, a workaholic, so <laughs> it's, it's in your blood now. That's not going to stop. <laughs> it's just a natural thing for me, you know. Working, I, I don't even think I'm working when I'm working. So, so, um, but yeah, I, I do, you know, normal things everybody else does. Mm. Okay, brilliant, brilliant. Well, Chris, I'd just like to say a huge, huge thank you for taking the time out on um, this Sunday. I know it's evening there to talk to me. It's been enjoyable. It's been um, a real learning process, and it's been really inspirational to me as well. Well, um, I, I always like to just thank the, the, the people who for so many years have followed my career and have supported my career, and I'm just very thankful for you all, and God bless all of you. You know, I'm just going to keep trying to make uh, music, and uh, I hope it's something that you all can enjoy. So thank you so much. Thank you, and a huge thank you to Beverly Black as well. As always, props to Beverly for oh, yeah. this. Okay. Well, brilliant. Thank you so much, Chris. I will be in touch. I will send you an email, but thank you for your time and thank you for everything. And thank you for the beautiful music that you've, you know, in, inspired into so many of our lives for so long. Thank you. Oh, sure. Thank you, too. All right, then, Chris. Right. Bye-bye.